My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Adventure Games podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar. I hope everyone is well. And I am joined by two people. First of all, I'm joined as always by Thomas Bex. Hello, Thomas. How are you? Hey, Saoirse. I'm, uh, I'm good. How are you? I'm very good, thanks. Uh, happy St. Patrick's Day weekend. We St. Just Patrick's had. Day weekend. We just had that. I hope you uh, don't. I, I I hope you don't have a hangover yet. So no, it was a quiet one actually. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, no, quite quite enough. I mean, the weather wasn't great. The um, weather was shite. It's so the it weather was, was atrocious. It, it was indeed. Um, so yeah, relatively quiet. Um, but uh, we are also joined now. We've heard this person's name before on the podcast. Who just recently joined us, and he's making his debut on this side of the microphone uh, and i'd like to welcome jared parisi our new editor extraordinaire of the podcast and host of his own podcast is it indie games international yes indie well, game international well hello jared how are you he has a really good podcasting voice yeah he does doesn't he <laughs> thank you thank you so much uh yeah so my name is jared parisi as you mentioned i uh have been editing i've edited two uh, episodes of um, Adventure. I believe so, yeah. yeah. And you're still with us. <laughs> yes, two two episodes I've edited of uh, Adventure Games podcast. I've been a I was a podcast producer since 2016. I still am doing that, and I started hosting podcasts in 2020. Uh, but Indie Game International started in 2021, and I've been I've published two episodes every single week since I started in October of 2021. And I basically just interview people who make games with the audience being other people who make games, not necessarily gamers, but like other people who make games looking for advice, stories, knowledge, that kind of thing. Yeah. So you, you upload two episodes per week. You've been doing that for the last couple of years. I, I don't know how you can do that. And then you're, You've kindly agreed to edit this podcast as well. Um, are you in control of the space-time continuum, or how do you have time to do all of these things and play games as well? Well, I have time just because I'm basically self-employed, so I don't... Mm. I, I have, like, part-time jobs kind of in the service industry just to kind of get out of my house and, like, actually socialize with people, but those are just part-time things. So, like, for for the most part, I wake up, I start working on podcasts and then I play some games and then I go to bed. So there's no commute time really in my life, uh, stuff like that. And I just, I really love and enjoy talking to people who make games and I just really love playing video games. And one of the best parts about doing Indie Game International is my ability, basically it introduces me to games that I never would have played otherwise. Like if somebody agrees to an interview, I have to play their game. And sometimes I've, never heard of the game and then i'll play it and i'll be like that is now one of my favorite games so on the one hand yes it takes up a lot of time exactly yeah it takes up a lot of my time but on the other hand Mm. the benefit is that you know i'm introduced to so many games i never would have otherwise if i wasn't doing the podcast so it's definitely a grind i'm not gonna lie it it, sometimes it's a grind but i haven't felt like i've wanted to stop yet so i'm just gonna keep going well yeah Great and, to hear. and as, you, as as we can hear, you have a slightly different accent than we have. 
Yes. You are from uh, the U.S. of A, right? This is true, yes. I am from uh, New Hampshire, which is, as I had mentioned uh, earlier to you guys, it's about 40 minutes outside of Boston. Uh, so that is where I'm based, in uh, New England, not Old England. <laughs> <laughs> New England? Yeah. Th- does, that, does that also make you a Patriots fan? Or Oh, yes, absolutely. It does. Yeah? Okay. Yep. No, that's to, so we know where we are. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, now, now you've lost me. Unfortunately, I don't follow American football, but uh, no, we I mean, follow I, real, we follow real football. So, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you're very welcome on this, uh, you know, this side of the microphone as well. And uh, how long have you been playing video games, um, uh, more or less? So it's funny. That's one of the first questions I ask all my guests. So I love, I love, I love. <laughs> well, now you're that. our guest. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so I distinctly remember uh, when I was a kid, my sister, my older sister. I, I think I was like eight or nine, maybe. My older sister came home and she was babysitting someone who had a PlayStation, and she told me all about Crash Bandicoot, and just hearing about that made me really, really want to play it. Or, and experience it. So I remember we back in the day we my parents would rent a PlayStation from Blockbuster, and so Ooh. you could rent mm-hmm. like multiple times. We would we rented the PlayStation console and we played Crash Bandicoot three at the time, and uh, and then one year for Christmas I got a PlayStation, and then so to answer your question, since I was nine years old, and I am now thirty three, so for a long time. <laughs> nice, yeah, and. Uh... And uh, c- could you let us know so about your podcast then, because there is some crossover with this podcast. Can you mention maybe some of the guests that you think uh, listeners of the Adventure Games podcast would be interested in hearing on your podcast? Yeah, sure. So I've interviewed quite a few point click developers uh, and kind of, you know, adventure game developers. So the most recent interview I actually did, weirdly enough, was with the sound designer for Deliver Us Mars. So it's kind of a weird crossover there. But I have interviewed uh, Dave Gilbert. We talked mostly about the Shiva, which is was my favorite game mm. that I played from him. Uh, so we also did. I also interviewed Aruma Studios, um, developer of Intruder Nitikonia. Um, I also interviewed Philip Zibkovitz, who made Whateverland, which is a really cool point-and-click game from 2022. Uh, Truberbrook, are you guys familiar with Truberbrook? Yes, Thomas, yes. you reviewed it uh, a few yeah. years ago. I haven't played I it yet, it. but yeah. I liked it. I interviewed yeah. uh, one Hans Buma was the name of the gentleman who worked on that that I interviewed. Um, trying to think of more point and click there has been other oh i interviewed uh um lucy dreaming um oh tom Hardy. Oh, yes. yeah so i interviewed him before that game came out when i was only able to play the demo but i i loved the demo and i really enjoyed the conversation mm. i had with him so those would be some if you wanted to go to my back catalog and check those ones out listeners to this podcast might enjoy those episodes um yeah and and honestly i'm gonna be honest point and click games are not my cup of tea. <laughs> However, like I said, uh, in the doing the podcast forces me to play games that I never would have otherwise played, and I've really enjoyed, honestly, the point and click games that I have played because of you know doing this podcast and uh, or my podcast rather. And uh, yeah, especially um, especially, I want to give a quick shout out to Whateverland. If no one has heard of that or played that, I've heard of it? Yeah, Whateverland. It's like an open world point and click game, so it's like not um, oh. You can do the puzzles in any order you want. Like, it's not like a linear, like, if you're stuck, you're stuck. It's kind of like if you're stuck, you can just go to a different area 
and work on a storyline in that area instead. And the the writing is hilarious and the art style is absolutely awesome. So just a quick shout out to Whateverland because that game didn't really get much love in my opinion. So just, you know, a recent one from at the end of 2022. Okay, I'll have to check it out because I don't think uh, you or I have played that, Thomas. I have heard of it, but I I never got it. I mean, there's so many games. I've never, right. I've never even heard of it. Whateverland. Yes. I, it's... Okay. Uh, yeah, no, you mentioned there that, you know, point and click wasn't exactly your thing with oh. the podcast. Now, um, you know, I, I have heard of it. You... I have heard of it because I actually have it on my wish list. Oh, there yeah, no, like, like myself. But as I, you know, as I was saying to you, Jared, before we start recording, for me, I know some people consider my definition of adventure game to be slightly liberal right. <laughs> than what other people, because for me, point and click is just one kind of adventure game. You know, adventure games have always been evolving mm-hmm. and, you know, we're going to talk about some, actually, probably all the games we're going to talk about today. Uh, some people might not consider them adventure games, <laughs> right. uh, but we will be talking about a traditional point of click next month. Uh, but look, I think anything that, you know, narrative based or with some hey, bottles. My, uh, or- the game I'm reviewing is, is, is rather, is, is- Point and click, so oh, but if, but some people would, would probably say, I mean, I haven't played uh, the game you're going to review. Some people might say, oh, it's not a traditional, typical point and click. Um, you know, the traditionalists because there's not, uh, you know, there's no real illogical inventory puzzles. Uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> I, I'm saying what some people have read. I have read online that people don't consider, or one person doesn't consider, the excavation of Hobbes Barrow. An adventure game. Another person doesn't consider. Wait, Sam that, and Max. Pers- that person is not. It's not a, in his right mind. It's, then exactly. <laughs> but anyway, um, but uh, and actually, before we move on to the reviews, one thing that I like. Now, you also interview other kind of developers of other kinds of games, of indie games in general. Right. Um, right. One thing I like about your podcast, Jared, as well, is that you kind of get people to recommend other guests. Yeah. And, so, and then you get them to ask a question. Is that correct? Yeah. So so basically, um, kind of from the beginning, I've done what I call the call-out system. So the final question I ask all my guests is, quote, who is someone you respect and admire who makes games that you think would make a great guest on my show? Call them out. And so what that allows me to do is, like, I don't have to look for all my guests. I don't have to, like, scour Steam for things that I feel like I would enjoy playing and then hit up the developers. It's 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 the basically the the guest will kind of nominate someone to be on my show, and then when that guest's episode goes live, I then email their called out guest, and I have a link to the episode in which they were called out, and I say, hey, this other developer mentioned that you're awesome and that they respect and admire you. I was wondering if you would be interested in being a guest on my show. And that is pretty much kind of what I referenced earlier when I said I play games that I never would have otherwise played. It's, it's like if someone gets called out and they agree to an interview, I play the game and I interview them. So that is, you know, and a lot of people do tell me that that is like a cool way to go about doing it. It's kind of like I want the people who make games to determine who else makes games that should be made an example of kind of. It's kind of how I do it. But then the other thing you mentioned that I do also do is I I kind of recently thought up the question chain. So I basically have my current guest give me a question to ask the next person I interview, not knowing who they are or what kind of game they made. And then, you know, the guest that I'm talking to now answers a question provided to me from the previous interview that I did. And another thing that that does, 
it allows me to never have to consider who like it, it never it allows me to never play favorites. It's so that I have to publish my interviews in the order that I record them. So I'm never there wondering like, ooh, like will this guest perform better at this time? Like it, it's so that I never play favorites, basically. No, that's fantastic. If I were organized, I might do something like that. But yeah, um, uh, yeah no, it, what I do is not necessarily play favorites, but you know, I might upload interviews of developers who have a Kickstarter uh, coming right. out, and I might do the interview about a few months before. And then what is happening now, actually, that a couple have said, oh, actually, we've postponed our Kickstarter. Would you mind uh, releasing it afterwards? So Right. Uh, but no, I really like uh, like that. As I said, I've I've enjoyed listening to your interviews. Um, so I'd really encourage people to check out your podcast. I've included a link in the show notes. Um, and uh, of just uh, indie developers in general. And uh, as we talk about, you're going to be in PAX at yes. the time recording this week. Yeah. So you'll have more uh, more people to interview then. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I went to PAX last year and I got several several people I met there. I did interviews over the next couple months following PAX and uh, had some really great interviews. And I played, actually, weirdly enough, last year at PAX, I played The Wreck and I met the developer. And, oh, uh, wow. And I've been waiting for it to come out to invite him on the show. So now that it's out, I will probably reach out to him and try to get him on the show. So I'm, I'm excited to hear about uh, your review So today in this recording. Well, we shall, uh, we shall hear yeah. Uh, whether I would recommend, okay. <laughs> um, we shall, we shall hear. No, it's, uh, uh, I'd love to go to PAX myself, maybe next year, if I can, if I get myself organized. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so as, <laughs> as you mentioned, uh, well, let's I, hope you're not moving again next year. So, uh, no, hopefully not. This year has been quite a year for me personally. <laughs> good reasons. I, I need to stress, you know, with work wise and personalized, good reasons, but it has been a lot of moving and to and froing. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I will be reviewing, first of all, 10 dates and, uh, direct afterwards. And, uh, Thomas, what will, what would you be talking about? Well, I will, uh, slowly, uh, slowly, I will shortly go back, uh, to, uh, Pentiment because I finished that one and I will review uh, monorail stories. Very good. And, uh, Jared, what, uh, what adventure games will you be reviewing? So I will be reviewing Deliver Us Mars, the sequel to Deliver Us the Moon, and also Season A Letter to the Future. Nice. We Thomas, you reviewed Deliver Us uh, yes. the Moon. I'm going to get confused between these two games <laughs> uh, last month, and we spoke about Pentiment uh, as well. So nice, uh, nice follow. It's almost like we planned this. <laughs> almost. <It's>, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so now, um, usually... Um, as uh, regular listeners know, we usually do the news segment uh, before the reviews, but uh, this past month there's been so much news that I decided to just do a recording of the news. And I thought it would take me about 20 minutes, but the recording took 50 minutes, around 50 minutes, one hour of just news. So people can listen to that. There is um, news about, uh, you know, telltale news, quite a bit of telltale news. Um, a new uh, sci-fi trailer, Fort Solace, new Tintin trailer, uh, release date for Sherlock Holmes, The Awakened and Firmament, a new adventure f- uh, from uh, Cyan. And yes, I believe I mispronounced the name of the company. I called him Cyan. 
And I now know that they're, I think they're cyan. So apologies for that. I also spoke about the Kickstarter. I mentioned the will of Arthur Flemington. It is the will of Arthur Flabbington. So, uh, yeah, so apologize. Look, I make mistakes. <laughs> um, but, uh, but we have Jared here to edit this time. <laughs> That's right. Um, it's, it's, it's that damn Irish accent. You, you don't I make know. mistakes. You just pronounce it differently. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's my excuse. Um, so yeah, so you can listen to that episode as well. Um, actually, I just want to get your, your opinion on this because I know Thomas, you probably I think have opinions on this. Uh, The Wolf Among Us 2, which is, uh, delayed. Um, mm-hmm. and I mentioned that, uh, CEO said that he didn't want, uh, you know, a crunch. He didn't want to release an unfinished game. So he decided to delay the release in about a year. I know some people said that, oh, it doesn't bode well for Telltale that they're already, they're uh, delaying the release of the game. But Thomas, what do you think about this decision? I think it's a smart decision. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's a, uh, it's a good decision. And um, it shows that uh, the bottom line is not um, the most important thing. So uh, the CEO, I don't know if it's a um, man or, it, or a woman. It's a woman or a man. Sorry, it's a man. man James okay. Ottilly, I think. So he clearly does not want to uh, uh, burn out his uh, his employers, his employees, which is good. And I think it will they will deliver a better game because of that in uh, in the end. And let's be honest, I mean, uh, we've been waiting for that game for how long now? Ten years now, which we never Ten thought years. we'd get. I can I can wait a few months more. There's so many other games to play. <laughs> I will I will I will see it when it comes out. I hope it is the game that they wanted to make, and I'm going to play it then. If it's if it's in six months, it's in six months. If it's in a yeah, year, we can wait year. a bit longer. Um, have yeah. you played any Telltale games, Jared? Um, correct. So th- they made a Batman game, right? Yes, they made yes. two. Okay, they I, actually it was a really good one too. Yeah. Mm. So the only one I played was the first Batman Telltale game, and I did enjoy it. I I didn't know mm. if I would, but I remember thinking that it was very cool. Oh, well, I think it actually, Thomas- um, yeah, it was a very good game, but it actually didn't sell that well for some reason. Uh, so it's it was uh, they made a second one of season, the- though, yeah, which I believe ended on a cliffhanger. Second I'm, season, I'm I don't not know. Sure, uh, I just yeah, they made just- two seasons of Batman, but uh, I think they've re-released it in black and white as well. Really? Um, but uh, but yeah, no, the. Um, uh, it's well. I would highly recommend the first The Wolf Among Us and The Walking Dead as well. If uh, <laughs> and yeah. uh, I, I spoke to the developer of um, The Walking Dead, Mark Darren, as well, who's a really nice guy as well. So if you ever do get a chance, if someone does recommend them on your show, yeah, uh, I'd really re- recommend. And uh, hopefully, someone can recommend Neil Druckmann on your podcast. <laughs> this this indie, of, this indie developer. Yes, this cl- yeah, this right. very small indie developer of something called The Last of Us, I believe. Very small, little known game and TV series. I'll try. Um, <laughs> but uh, he's, uh, he's now a Hollywood uh, director and producer. So, uh, yeah. Um, well, yeah. So, um, no, I, I agree on that. So more on that in the news segment. Uh, also speaking of open world adventure games, I, uh, by this time will have come out on my interview with the Dreams in the Witch House developer, Adam Brain Games, which is an open world Lovecraft game. Uh, so that was a lot of fun to wow. speak to. I'm looking forward to playing that game. Uh, and, uh, we are 
Also, I'll get started away. First, we are on Patreon. If uh, people would like to help us out, we are also an indie podcast. Um, so we are, um, uh, so we have extras as well. So these episodes will go in at least 24 hours in advance. Uh, we also have some extras. So the latest extra I had was a 10 minute pre interview with Ken and Roberto Williams before the main interview with Roberto Williams. So that is for Patreon, uh, subscribers. Uh, just a few things as well. So I'll be going to a couple of conferences as well. So I might be adding some extra things there as well. Um, and, uh, so you can uh, check that out, patreon.com forward slash adventure games podcast. Uh, you can also review this podcast as well on, uh, Apple podcasts or I believe Google. Uh, there is a link, uh, rate this podcast forward slash adventure games podcast as well. Five star review would really, really help. Um, if you could and to share as well, uh, both this podcast and indie game international, <laughs> uh, would really help the two of us out. So. Um, so yeah, so shall we get to the reviews then? Let's do it. Let's go. Okay. So, uh, Thomas, now Rose and I last month, we spoke in detail about Pentiment and you, uh, I think we did our job because you have since played that game to its completion as well. So this medieval murder mystery, uh, you can check out the full review that we did last month, but, um, uh, Thomas, uh, what uh, what were your thoughts on this game? Because we didn't get your thoughts last week, last month you hadn't played it. Now you have played it and finished it. Uh, what did you think? I thought it was brilliant. I thought mm. it was an <laughs> absolutely brilliant game. Very, very well written. Um, I loved uh, the artwork, the, the 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 design of the game. It is long. I have to I have to admit that I don't. I didn't think that was a problem. Um, uh, unless you want to play it again, then you have to know that, you know, it, it is like a 20 hour game. Uh, but you, you get a lot, a lot of game for that. Like the, the story is really heavy. Uh, it's really good. Um, there is, yeah, quite a lot of reading because it's not voice acted. So, uh, if you have a problem with that, then this is not a game for you. But if you, uh, do like games with a, uh, a good story that, covers a lot of ground and it covers a lot of time even uh, with plenty of surprises then Pentiment is a very very good game to play I played it on the Steam Deck which worked uh, mm, like a charm mm-hmm. um, and uh, there are even some you know these these little role playing elements in there where you uh, pick like um, your uh, your background so certain languages that you know and stuff like that that influences the the story and what you can do during the story just gives you different kind of answers. Uh, I, I like that because it's all very done in in game. So somebody like at the start of the game, somebody asks you a question, and then you answer with, "Oh yeah, I spent my uh, my time in uh, Britain," and that means that you speak these languages or that you know more about this uh, this kind of this kind of art. And I, th- I thought that was done really well. And um, I'm definitely going to play this one again in the future just to try out and try out different things because I'm, I don't think I got the um, uh, the completely like I, um, I, I want to know if, if it was possible to uh, to make some different choices and to get a different chapter endings and therefore uh, maybe a bet an even better uh, ending in, in um, of the of the game itself. Yeah, no, I think I, I would agree. As I mentioned last month, it's 
it, it is a fantastically well-written game. And it does feel like the choices do matter throughout the game. We see at the mm-hmm. end, um, you know, even small choices, like you, there is a guy who says that in another town, there is a girl that he liked and he could choose whether to tell him to go to find a girl or just, yeah, forget about it. Uh, and depending, I think, on what you tell him, uh, there might be a different ending as well. Or And also with uh, with its murder mystery, you know, the three acts. And uh, yeah, you can kind of like choose. I think you get different endings depending on who you believe committed the murder slash or murders, maybe, or death. Uh, if you do think that someone else did. And, uh, and even like the choice to throw, because in the first act, I... I thought it was someone, but then I thought, oh, you know what? I think I think it's someone else. But because of the of where my investigation went, the archdeacon didn't believe me, and he said, no, I think it was still this person. <laughs> and uh, I thought that was very interesting. Um, and yeah, just the amount of detail that was in this game uh, was just absolutely incredible. It's it's from Obsidian, from Josh Sawyer, who made uh, Fallout. Is it Las Vegas, New Vegas? New uh, Vegas. One of them. Yes, Fallout New Vegas. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, you can tell that it's, you know, it has a huge amount of detail in the game. Um, and it yeah, looks and it's, fantastic and, and, as well. And in the story as well, because uh, mm. New Vegas is also a very well-written game. And, Absolutely. Uh, this this definitely, like, it, it's, it's um, like, you, you have to get all these short-term things. And, the, yeah, as you said, the choices really matter, because if you choose one thing, then you can't investigate another thing. Mm. It sounds it sounds really logical because it is, but it actually is that it is not like you have to go through you just you just go through all the um, the whole uh, dialogue tree or whatever. Just, no, no, no these... I, I I chose to go this way, which caused this to happen, which mm-hmm. uh, gave me a lot of answers, but also uh, made it impossible for me to interrogate other people, which and affected the investigation. So uh, that, that uh, yeah, I thought it was it was very well done. Yeah, and one of the main choices that you have to make throughout the game is who who you have meals with, who you sit, who you decide to go and have a meal with in their house. Yeah. And depending on who you have a meal with, it will lead your investigation another way, yeah. uh, which I found to be really interesting. Um, but uh, but yeah, that is Pentiment from Obsidian, published by Microsoft. One of the very few, if not only, game that Microsoft published last year, I believe, which is kind of shocking that it's an adventure game. The only I know they have other but it's games. It's a like, really, really good adventure game. Absolutely. Now I know yeah. they have Starfield coming out at some point, but uh, yeah, uh, but Do you think yeah, it's a, it will ever come out. <laughs> well, we shall see. But in the meantime, Pentiment is out, and um, that's a high recommendation from Thomas and also for myself and Rose, who was here last month. Um, so thank you, Thomas. Uh, okay, so now I am going to talk about uh, ten dates. So I don't know if you. Guys, uh, remember last a few years ago at the height of the pandemic, uh, I went on five dates. There were um, Zoom dates, but now that things are open, bars are open, we can go on ten dates. Um, would you like to first of all see and for people listening hear a trailer of this game? Yes, please. Sure. Well, seamlessly, uh, we have a trailer of ten dates. So here is the trailer. Pick up the phone. What's happening? I've got some news. Okay. I signed up for speed dating. Why are you telling me this? Nisha? I might have signed us both up. I was duped into coming here this evening. 
There's no substitute for meeting someone face to face. This is where you're going to find that genuine connection you keep banging on about. I'm not, I'm not doing this. Oh, he's browsing the shop floor. How does it work? The women stay at the table, the men go to different tables, and you speak to girls. Hello. And good luck. I actually have an ambition to be famous. <laughs> but after a little tactical woman, we were ready to go to the club. Is that a satanic symbol? Soulmates. No. Fancy a test of strength. How about we do an arm wrestle? Yeah, right. No, I'm kidding. Get your arm on the table, lad. I can't help thinking about you. What I need is my own space to be able to work and, and focus. Hobby? Just cleaning my workstation cut. Ah! Does body count matter? Holy moly. Maybe I'd be so bold to say I'm looking for love. I mean, I've dabbled in Satanism. And it's not about sacrificing babies. You sound like my mum. Well, that's not a good sign, is it? What do you say about my mum? Time's up. Saved by the bell. Is it against the rules for me to ask for your socials? Truth or dare? Dare. Do you prefer to give or receive? I never kiss on the first date. Two truths and a lie. I've had sex with over a hundred women. I met all my friends online. Love for when it's raining outside. Wet place. Excuse me? No one's really caught my eye. I think it's just for men or me. I doubt it. Are your standards a little bit high? No! I just squeeze in there. You're all good. So that was a trailer for 10 dates. Um, Thomas, you did you see Laura play Five Dates, the, the original one, a couple of years ago? I do think I saw her play that, yeah. Yeah, so this is like a spiritual successor sequel to this. Um, and so th- does that mean that uh, next year we're going to get 15 dates? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, maybe in a couple of years we'll get 15 and then maybe 20. Who knows? <laughs> um, so as you saw in the trailer, you can play as either Misha or Ryan. So this time it's either the male or the female. And I thought that was, uh, that was nice because it gives you nice insight into dating from both perspectives. So as you saw in the trailer, if you play as Misha, you stay where you are. But if you play as the guy Ryan, you have to do all the work. You have to go around to meet all the other women. And um, so, and you saw she uh, tricked him into going to speed dating event. And your goal really is to speak to five people, have de- speed dates with five people. So it's supposed to be three minutes, but it's kind of a bit longer. And then your goal is to try and get a second date with at least one other person and hopefully a third date and see how it goes from there. Um, so now, like pretty much all of Wales Attractive Games, the gameplay is uh, choose your own adventure style. You literally only choose how to respond, to how to choose your dialogue, as you know, we got saw on the trailer. Uh, it would be nice maybe if it was a little bit different, but then again, Wales Interactive do this kind of game very well. Um, and to their credit, the choices do actually matter. Um, if you offend someone, then there's a high chance that they can walk out on the date and you won't see them again. Uh, or if you hit it off, uh, you know, they might uh, come back on uh, you know, a second date. And it's interesting because uh, it's, it's not just a binary choice like at the end, you know, who do you want to go out on a second date with? It's, you know, the two characters are talking and then they kind of like are like, oh, well, I kind of hit it off with this person, but then with this person, maybe not so much. So depending, you can also choose your hobbies and, 
you're you're working all and depending on your hobbies as well you can gel with some gel not so much with others uh now the different people who you meet they are mainly archetypes uh they are kind of slight exaggerations you know we saw that there's this girl into satanism there's also this girl who is uh who likes reading books and we know because she's reading a book and she asks you oh do you mind if i finish reading this page uh so and you can you can choose you know if it's okay or no this is quite rude and then we'll see how it goes from there uh so and also it's um there is the opportunity if you want to use the option of an LGBTQ date, uh, depending, you know, for both uh, Misha and Ryan, and it never felt forced or anything. So, and again, it's up to the player if you want to. If not, that is also perfectly fine. Uh, and there are some characters, so there was one character with a disability and other characters with different ethnicities, um, although they're mainly white, British, or Irish. Um, but... Uh, the the voice actor I thought was good. I thought the two main characters, the voice actors, were were pretty good. They were kind of fun as well. The, I mean, it's it, it there's nothing world shattering in this game. Uh, let's be honest. It's um, it's you know romantic comedy, but it's nicely made, slick slickly made. Um, to, you you could also play kind of like games like during the days, like Truth or Dare, or uh, finding out about the person as well. Uh, and, uh, it's, um, yeah, it was the boats. The first playthrough was about an hour, uh, with each. Now you can go back and I, what I do really like from Wales Interactive is, uh, scenes that you have already played. You can skip those so you can have different choices, but you don't have to stick through the same, um, you know, dialogue that you've already seen. You can also pause the choices if you are streaming this game or playing with a group, playing with friends. So you don't have that time pressure if, again, you so choose. Uh, and yeah, so there was nothing earth shattering in this game, but I thought it was a lot of fun. I, again, it was a really good, uh, sequel to, to five dates. Uh, you know, the main characters are likable enough. Uh, if you so choose, you can choose to be rude to everyone if you so wish. Um, also what I found quite interesting is in the menu, uh, you have, uh, kind of like achievements, you know, Steam achievements, but this time it's in-game achievements. So it says, uh, challenge such a person on what they said or interrupt this person twice. And I don't think it might go well necessarily. Uh, so I don't think it's necessarily hints or a walkthrough, but it's kind of like, certain achievements that you can do. There are also stats, which, so it, it can say that this character, they, you know, between a, you know, percentage. Uh, so for example, 100%, uh, you're, believe you're 100% flirtatious. Um, now I do have to say it doesn't always gel with how it plays out because there was one character who, there's one guy who's checking another girl mm-hmm. out. So I chose, you know, to challenge him on that. And he got up and walked out. That was the end of that date. And it still said that he thought you were 100% charming. So not always 100% accurate. But um, yeah, if you enjoyed Five Dates, if you enjoy FMV game from Wales Interactive, it is, you know, well-made game. It's it's fun. Uh, it's it's interesting. It's uh, I, I did laugh a few times. Nothing, I said, earth-shattering, but I enjoyed it. Do you guys have any questions? Well, I I want to clarify one thing that you said. Uh, okay. You mentioned you said voice acting, but I'm assuming you meant acting. Correct? Oh, sorry. Yes, acting. It's an yeah. FMV game. Yes, you're correct. It's acting. Right, because because <laughs> you you played played the trailer for us, and we could visually see that there were very it's, 
likable looking, uh, mm. you know, actors they were good, look, on good looking actors there. Yeah, absolutely. Right, right. All of them are very good looking. <laughs> so the, the, I just wanted to make sure the folks listening understood that. We Thank were you, watching. Jared. Yes, yes, no, yes, they're acting. They're real actors. It's FMV, so you do see them. Uh, so yeah, so my point, it's acting. <laughs> and uh, so full uh, motion video. Yes. So another question I had is like, when it comes, like, are you? Are you encouraged in this game to try to match the dates with the person the way they are? Uh, or are, like, like, is it gamified in that your main character likes a certain type of person and so you want to try to find that type of person? Or can you play to your own? Like if you're charmed by someone, maybe, but you don't think you, the character you're playing as would be charmed by them, are you encouraged to make you know, make other choices. I'm wondering about that. Is there any RPG yeah. elements, I guess I'm asking? I think it kind of depends because as I mentioned, you can say, for example, that, uh, you know, your character works in finance and they really like traveling. So for example, if you meet another person who also likes traveling, uh, they, they might themselves say, oh yeah, I like traveling as well. So they might jail themselves. But then, yeah, I think with the choices that you make, if you if you do like another character, another person in the game, and you want them to try and get together, uh, you can you know you can choose to kind of be nice and show interest. There are times when they're talking about their story, uh, you can choose to let them continue or interrupt them. <laughs> so sometimes I guess if you interrupt them, it might not end so well, right. uh, depending and. You, you can also choose, I think, at times to be just like a dick. You can choose to be kind of rude at times yourself. You know, not, not too bad. Right. Uh, so, so yeah, no, I did find um, that, you know, oh, there's this person, uh, like, like what, there was one person, there were a couple of people, like, oh, no, I don't think, you know, I'd really like them. So, no, it's not going to just end, you know, well. But then there are others, like, oh, I'd like them. It did happen, I think, probably like real life, I'm sure to most of us, that there was one guy that's literally a nice guy. <laughs> and I thought, oh, she thinks she would um, get on well with him. But then he turned around and turned around and said, yeah, no, I don't think, uh, you know, I'm interested in pursuing this. And he kind of like walked off. He's, he was again nice about it. But I was like, oh, that's a bit of a shame. Uh, so it kind of depends on how, you know, some of the choices that you make and, uh, it's not always obvious what was the right choice. Again, much like real life. Um, but yeah, you can definitely try. If there is a character who you think they might match well with, you can definitely try to uh, to match up with them. And um, do you do you, can you choose to play the male or the female? And do you all, you can play either? And you can also choose the romance, male or female. Doesn't matter what gender you are. So exactly. Okay, that's good. That's that's yeah. interesting. I it think the it, more uh, options, the better. I think the more it makes it more accessible. And okay. as I said, yeah. there is at least one character with a disability that uh, I actually noticed um, later on. I didn't notice immediately. Um, and they do talk about it. You know, they don't shy away from it. They don't. Uh, uh, and they do talk about their backgrounds. Uh, I think that there was one girl who is from Iraq. And she talks about that, you know, like her parents and her culture and that. So... Um, I, I do think that that was definitely a, a definite plus of this game. Um, right. What about what about uh, something I notice in games all the time that I get, I don't know if other people do is watching that trailer. I think the UI and the menu design looked super super clean. Was that a plus for you? Yes. What did you think about that? 
Yeah, absolutely. As I said, it's um, the U. The the menu was, um, you know, it has the stats and it has the kind of achievements. Right. Uh, if you want to, I mean, you don't. I didn't choose. I've only played this once each time with uh, the male and the female, mm. so I didn't really look at the achievements because I wanted to try and be as natural as possible. I didn't want right. to try and, you know, gamify it like you know, search for achievements. Right. Um. Uh. But yeah, the UI, the as I said, the only thing, the only gameplay is choosing the option, but they are very clear. Okay. Um, and again, it's usually one word option. So one of the options we saw in the trailer was, what are you looking for? You know, just a good time for love or I can't remember something else. So it's usually pretty clear. Like you can kind of really choose what you want the character to look for. Um, and so I was never really surprised that way. Sometimes you might be surprised, but actually there was one moment <laughs> with one of the characters that was quite jarring. And, you know, she, she asked about, do you, um, you know, are you for war or peace? And uh, her, her answer was quite uh, surprising, shall we say. And she just kind of felt at odds with the character. But then I suppose it is like real life. People surprise us all the time. Um, but uh, yeah, she might be, uh, she, she mightn't uh, look out of place, uh, shall we say, in any warmongers military. <laughs> based on her response that he wouldn't think it but as I said people surprise us all the time so uh, maybe that's not necessarily a bad thing um, but and yeah then there are you know some of them have secrets as well and then once if you get to the third date you might not get to a third date you might choose that you didn't you don't want to pursue it or maybe they might choose uh, again much like real life um, and then they might say oh I have this secret and you have to then choose is it going to bother you or is it okay? Would you still like to pursue something with them? Um, so yeah, different endings, I think, different options that you can have. And that is definitely one good thing about the game for me. So I have, I have one more good. question. I have one more question. So yeah, when, go ahead. When you went to do your second playthrough, were you thinking, okay, I got to do this other playthrough because I'm reviewing this game and I want to know what happens this time? Or did you, going into your second playthrough, are you thinking, oh, I can't wait to play this again? I think the, sec- the second option, I was like, I'm curious because I played first as the girl, as Misha, and then I played as Ryan. And it, it helps that it's it's two completely separate you know storylines. Right. Uh, so and I was like very curious. Now, I haven't come back to play, but I am curious to know what other options there are. I still have it installed on my steam deck mm-hmm. uh so i do want to go back now i don't know if i will because there are other games that <laughs> to play and right. not a lot of time but no it, it wasn't a chore to play i did uh, look forward to playing it a second time as i said it might not be for everyone it is a romantic kind of comedy the dialogue i don't know it's you know one thing i i didn't feel like i could hugely connect with the characters maybe because i'm getting older <laughs> these are all in their 20s right um but i still enjoyed it now again it's a lot of the dialogue you know they're very fast talking and they're quick-witted and i'm like okay well i'm not like that you know a lot of times i'd be like you know guybrush when you first meet the lane <laughs> um which has happened to me in real life as well but yeah no overall i said well i said it's not completely earth-shattering i think it is a good game i think it is enjoyable and i think um, people will enjoy. You can play, it can be like a good group game that you can just, everyone choose what they want the character to do. And I think people would be able to laugh along with the, with the game as well. Cause it's not supposed to be taken too seriously, but at the same time, it's still a well-made game. And, uh, and yeah, don't know if that answers the question. How long yeah. did you, did, did one uh, playthrough take? Uh, an hour each. 
more or less. Okay. It, well, that's, that's, they're that's, not too long. That's quite normal for an FMB, yeah. Yeah. So, and then, of course, now this is just, you know, uh, touching the, or, you know, just breaking the ice because, well, hey, literally, <laughs> um, because it's, uh, there's still many more scenes you can have depending on your choices with the characters. Cool. So, so yeah, so that is 10 dates and we shall see if, uh, so yeah, so I'd recommend people check out the 10 dates. Hopefully one or two might go well if people choose to, uh, to play it. Uh, but yeah, from Wales Interactive and that is, uh, available. Uh, I believe it is, yeah, it's available on, well, PC, Steam, Epic, Mac, PS4, PS5, and Xbox. Uh, also Switch, iOS, and Android. So, wow. Just about everywhere. <laughs> and it looks like there's a, there's a demo on Steam. Yes. So you can check out the demo, see what you think, and, uh, and, uh, and play it then if you so wish. Uh, okay, so now, um, before we get to uh, your review, Jared, your first review of this podcast, yeah. um, would you like to uh, to see a trailer for people listening to listen to a trailer of Deliver Us Mars? Uh, sure. I, I've never, I never watched a trailer, but uh, <laughs> I, I was kind of, I, once I played Deliver Us the Moon, I said, I don't need to see a trailer for Deliver Us Mars on their opening day. So yeah, let's watch one. <laughs> okay. Well, we shall, we shall see for anyone else listening yeah. because there is voice acting oh, yeah. um, and the trailer is good. So, uh, well, here is a trailer for Deliver Us Mars. What the hell happened here? This is Kathy. Please come in. Mission Opera has only one objective. Bring the ARCs and their revolutionary technology back home. What do you expect to find on Mars? I'll see you soon. Kathy, why did you want to come on this mission so badly? T-minus two minutes to cruise stage separation. Everybody copy? Copy. 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 Start and burn. We are in loss of control. I know I can do this. How does it come to this? <laughs> Having good intentions isn't hard, Kathy. The hard part is knowing the difference between what's right and what's wrong. We have to leave. I will not risk the success of this mission. Stay strong through all of that. How do you stay? Dad! Good. So that was Deliver Us Mars. Uh, so last month we uh, we reviewed Deliver Us the Moon from the same company, Kaokin Interactive, I believe. Uh, so, um, so Jared, um, Thomas said that they w- were successful in delivering us the moon, a good game. Uh, were they successful in delivering us Mars? Was it also a good game? So, what, sorry, what, Jared, I should have I should have warned you for the for the very bad puns. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so when it comes to delivering us Mars, they didn't just deliver us Mars; they delivered us Mars and Phobos and Deimos and all the things surrounding Mars out there in oh, space. Wow. Because, in my opinion, deliver us Mars is 
better than Deliver Us the Moon in every possible way. Um, when I played through Deliver Us the Moon, I had no complaints. I didn't think that it was, you know, I thought it was very, very, very good. But I, I guess I, I didn't want anything more from it. Um, and I didn't think anything more could or should be added to the formula of Deliver Us the Moon. But then once I played Deliver Us Mars, it's it's like it's everything about Deliver Us the Moon, but it's just better and it's more. It looks better. It sounds better. The story is better. Uh, you mentioned voice acting. They're, the main character of Deliver Us the Moon is just a spacesuit that's running around. Uh, he never talks. Um or anything like that. There is voice acting in it, but like you're not having conversations. There's not really a story driving you anywhere. Uh, well, there's no one to have a conversation with. So right, um, that's true. <laughs> so so deliver us Mars has a very very awesome and badass main character in Kathy Johansson. I believe I'm saying that correctly, Johansson. I think that's it. Uh, and she is just a very very likable character, and she is wonderfully voice acted by i actually don't know the actress's name but i did find out that the whole thing was motion captured like the actors were like did the motion capture thing there's amazing cutscenes. um basically i will say though I, I should say up front that i am a massive hard science fiction fan so i am predisposed to love <laughs> a realistic science fiction uh, story in space. Um, you know, 2001 A Space Odyssey is my favorite book. Uh, so anyway, uh, there's no combat. You kind of just, you and, and uh, similar to Deliver Us the Moon, you start out on Earth. You're told some backstory into like how it connects. It does directly connect. It's a direct sequel to Deliver, Deliver Us the Moon. You're given some backstory. There's like some flashbacks where you play as a kid where kind of the relationship between your character and her father is established. Um, there's some great cutscenes that kind of set up the whole story. And then it starts on Earth. Uh, you're Kathy on Earth. And you're like the young person there who's trying to prove that she can do these things among all these like experts around her. But you kind of realize that she is just as capable as all these people around her. And then through her own... Uh, intelligence and cunning, I guess you could say. She kind of convinces the people around her to let her come with them on this trip to Mars. So, like I said, you start on Earth, you, you're introduced to like puzzles and the absolutely fantastic visuals that this game has on Earth. And it really sets up this amazing, uh, I guess, uh, juxtaposition between like this high tech, super fancy, like I said, super high tech. Uh, space-faring technology where you're on this base, and then as you travel to the place where you take off, we're traveling to the rocket, there's like all these fences set up, and there are these, basically these people who are not so lucky in life, who are living on a desolate earth that was destroyed by humans, basically, uh, who are kind of angry at you and this mission. Uh, you know, like, it just shows, like, the difference between, like, there are people living in squalor, and then there are people who are kind of have the ability to travel to other planets. And so you basically through like this long uh, cutscene in the beginning, you find out that the technology used to beam resources to earth was kind of stolen 
and taken to Mars. Um, and so your mission is to go to Mars and kind of get it back. And there's family entanglements, like your dad is the one who stole it, uh, but you kind of lost contact with them. So anyway, the story is amazing. But for me personally, that kind of comes secondary to, am I going to exist, move around in, solve puzzles in gorgeous, very, very well-realized sci-fi spaces? And this game completely and totally delivers on that. So you're basically, like I said, you start on Earth and then you're up in space. There are some really amazing spacewalk scenes where you exit the ship, do some puzzles outside of the ship, uh, and then you end up on Mars. Um, and I guess once you're on Mars, the game kind of kind of comes into its own, and that's what you're doing for the rest of the game. You're running around on Mars. You know things go wrong, so you're kind of you have to salvage the mission and find your scattered uh, counterparts. There's two of them, and you have to find them. And there's there's uh, a lot of tension. One of the characters is very, very stubborn and just really does not like your character. And it's well written. I will say there are moments and, you know, it's like, how does a storytelling uh, intersect with gameplay in that at a certain point, as Kathy literally doing everything, like I am the reason we are all still alive. And yet this woman who hates you. She just continues to hate you and tell you that you're wrong and that you shouldn't be doing the things that you're doing. And it's like, listen, lady, I am the reason we are all alive. Can you stop like telling me that I'm wrong? It's just silly. It gets to a point where it's silly, but the writing is great. And I understand that there's going to be a disconnect when it comes to gameplay and story sometimes. Uh, my only con, I think, for the whole game, honestly, was... As you saw in the trailer, and I think it's kind of a thing that you don't do in Deliver Us the Moon, but you do it a lot in Deliver Us Mars, and it's welcome. I really enjoy it, is the climbing. So there are places where the walls will have a different texture on them, and you can climb on them, and it's kind of part of puzzle solving and traversal, and it's really, really cool. But there are two moments where you are meant to jump from the the wall that you're attached to to a wall that's directly behind you. You basically want to do a 180 and attach to that wall that's behind you. And this is a thing that's in so many games. And in so many games, they tell you, this is how you do it. And so you just do what the game told you how to do. But in this case, the game just kind of verbally tells you, like Kathy will just say, okay, I need to do this. But there are no button prompts on the screen. And both of these moments, I just, I had no idea what to do. So I sat there trying to manipulate the controller in a way that would allow me to do the 180 jump. Uh, I, I looked up a walkthrough to find out, like, how is the, how are you supposed to do this? And eventually through just, I don't even know, button mashing and just constant trial and error, I was able to do the 180. But it was just a total immersion break. I was not pleased with that moment at all. But it's two moments in a you know eight-hour game that I thought was fantastic. Uh, the environments change a lot. There are snowy parts. There are your standard red desert mars moments uh and the puzzles are great there are less puzzles than there were in deliver us the moon a lot of deliver us mars is story and traversal just like running around and like exploring deliver us the moon i think had a lot more puzzles like straight up puzzles some of the puzzles in deliver us mars were trial and error and you could get it without knowing how you got it and in my opinion that's not good because Maybe you're supposed to learn something in that puzzle that will allow you to do the next puzzle. And if you don't know how you did that puzzle, then when you get to the next one, it's just going to be even more difficult. 
there were a couple moments in Deliver Us Mars where I didn't exactly know logically how I did the puzzle, yet I did them and I was able to move on. It never impeded my ability to move forward in the game, but while I was playing it, I was like, I kind of wish I knew how I did that rather than guessing and getting it right. Um, well, that that's how Sersha does all uh, logic puzzles. <laughs> logic so puzzles. You're, you're in good I company. I don't like them. I, okay. yeah. Well, I'll say as my favorite genre, I've said it before, I'll say it again. My favorite genre of video games is first-person puzzle games. So like, you know, the Talos principle, just logic puzzle after logic puzzle after logic puzzle. And I love those and they build off of each other. And so then you go to a game like Deliver Us Mars and it's just like a an absolute miniature super distilled down version of that and so you know it's hard for me not to compare puzzles but you know that's not the Mm. focus of deliver us mars so it's it's okay that you're kind of there for the exploration Mm. the gorgeous sci-fi vistas uh and the amazing story and you know i i have zero complaints other than what i mentioned the wonkiness of jumping from wall to wall at those couple moments the occasional uh you know, falling into the solution of a puzzle rather than actually figuring it out. I really have no complaints about the game, but I will also reiterate that I am predisposed to love anything that is hard science fiction. There's two moments in Deliver Us Mars where you're literally sitting there, first person, literally flipping switches in a certain order in order to turn the rocket on to take off. And like, as someone who loves space sci-fi, I was like, I'm here for this. But if you didn't love space sci-fi, you might be like, this is so boring. But Mm. it all creates an an amazing atmosphere and a super badass, likable main character. uh, And just, I really, really enjoyed the game. And I think that it was far and away significantly better than its predecessor, which was a game that, in my opinion, didn't need any improvements. So that's kind of the vibe. That's my general takeaway is is what I just said there about Deliver Us Mars. That's okay. fantastic. I still have to play, well, Deliver Us to Moon. I still, you know, every time, and this is going to sound really cheesy, but every time I see the moon, I keep thinking, I need to play Deliver Us to Moon. Yes. And it reminds me, and I have it downloaded, but I still haven't got a chance to play it. But sorry, Thomas, you're going to say something. Yeah, um, I, I was looking at the reviews that it, it's got on Steam, and a lot of the recent reviews are mentioning bug issues. Was that your experience as well? No. Um, I am playing on a... I have a, a Asus gaming laptop that I bought in August of 2021. It's a pretty It's a pretty powerful machine. I So I didn't run into any... There was no um, frame rate issues for me. I thought the game looked absolutely stunning. Uh, and in terms of bugs, no. I mean... Unless that, unless the jumping, doing the 180 thing was a bug, like playing that part in that game, in my mind, like I hate to say this, but I was like, how did this not, like how did someone not in playtesting say, hey, I have no idea how to do this. Can you put like a button prompt on the screen? So maybe, maybe because they all knew how to do it. <laughs> I just, I don't understand. But then maybe nobody else had that problem. I don't really know. However, yeah. when I, like I said, I watched, I did go to a, a walkthrough and the person, there was no commentary on the walkthrough. So I don't know what the person was thinking while they were doing it, but they tried it multiple times as well and they just failed. Like, the, I just have no idea how I was supposed to do mm. it or how I did it. But maybe that was a bug. I have no idea. But in terms of bugs, I had a pretty seamless experience. I didn't think I saw any bugs. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. 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 It's like when people were developers playtest their adventure games, usually with people who are good 
and adventure games and the puzzles. And then either they say, oh, the puzzles are too easy, make them harder, and then they're released to the public. And then other people have no idea how to right. <laughs> resolve them. So maybe in this case, people who play test were good at the jumping set or more used to jumping set sections or maybe, yeah. Um, but no, fantastic. Now, I'm delighted to to hear that this uh that you really enjoyed this as well and you you interviewed the composer of the deliver us to moon as well and was it the same composer you yeah. know of this game yeah so uh sander van zanten mm. was the composer for both deliver us the moon and deliver us mars so i interviewed him back in january about deliver us the moon because that's the only one i had played uh and then this the most recent interview i did which won't go live until april was with the sound designer on Only Deliver Ooh. Us Mars, uh, Baz Bertrand. He was awesome. So I talked to him about sound design, all that kind of stuff. But I do have an interview scheduled, another one, a follow-up with Sander Van Zanten about the music of Deliver Us Mars. And I will say, you know, the music of both games is, you know, properly epic in a in the, a sci-fi fashion, you know, like... It's a bombastic... Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that kind of thing, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, a couple of years ago, I actually interviewed the developer of uh, Deliverance to Moon without having played it. <laughs> nice. Uh, and again, they're from the Netherlands, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I and, think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, f- fantastic. I think you've answered every question that I had as well. I really want to play it. I yeah. just want to sit down and play both uh, Deliverance to Moon and Deliverance Mars back to back. Just to you know, just because I think there's probably games that I would really enjoy as well. So. Yeah, and it's, it, I will say, like, not that you would ever do this, but if if you were to play Deliver Us Mars and then play Deliver Us the Moon, obviously the story would be messed up. But <laughs> because of how much better Deliver Us Mars is, you, I think you would be disappointed by Deliver Us the mm-hmm. Moon, even though De- Deliver Us the Moon is perfectly good and fun the way it is. No, oh, no, that sounds yeah. good. So, Thomas, you've. Uh... Uh, you've already played Deliver Us to Moon, so sounds good for you if you ever decide to play Deliver Us Mars. And myself, still have to play two of them. Um, yep. So, You're just going to have to take a weekend and play it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, hopefully. Hopefully soon. Well, thank you, Jared, for, for that. Uh, so now uh, back to Thomas. And again, before we get to uh, your review, we also have a try. I didn't know that there was voice acting in the game. You're going to review monorail stories. Uh, but there, there is so. Um, uh, so let's play a trailer. It's a short trailer. So let's play a quick trailer for Monorail Story. So uh, here we go. I know it's Monday today, but I feel strangely positive. This doesn't seem to be my lucky day. There's a forgotten scarf on the seat. Hey, and. I found a scarf. Is it yours? I am all. Uh, nope, it's not mine. Not really my style. I'll put the scarf in the lost and found box. Good idea. See ya. Done. It was nice to meet you, blue scarf. I hope my lucky scarf is still somewhere nearby. Oh god, I hope it's not lost. Hi, I'm looking for a scarf. Perhaps you've seen it? It's blue. Seen a blue scarf around here? A scarf? No, my dear. I am so sorry. Have you checked the lost and found box? All right. Let's see.
ooh, that ends on a cliffhanger. I don't know if she found her scarf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's really the beginning of the game, uh, actually. Uh, yeah, the uh, Monorail Stories by uh, Stellex Software and published by Freedom Games. I backed this game on Kickstarter. So uh, I got it a couple of weeks ago and uh, I finally got around to play it. And it is a story about um, these two characters, Amal and um, the lady whose name suddenly escapes me. It was in the trailer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I was, I was watching it. <laughs> I've forgotten as well. <laughs> uh, Sylvie. Sylvie. Oh. Sorry. And they are residents of the cities L and, uh, and M. And they travel to and from those cities by monorail. And this whole um, this whole game takes place uh, over a few day of well, a few weeks, I guess, on the monorail. And the the two characters don't know each other, but they do interact through their actions. So the the what one does has effect on the other. And it's a bit hard to talk about the story without getting into spoilers, but uh, it might seem like this is a very uh, relaxed. Um, story about uh, commuters <laughs> but there's actually a lot more going on um <sighs> so it's a yeah there's you're meeting all kinds of uh interesting person uh, per- people who may or may not be able to help you with uh future issues uh there is some political stuff going on there is some sports stuff going on it's um it's an interesting thing and um whether or not you bring this game to a Good ending totally depends on uh, on your choices and on the uh, relationships you make through those choices. And I've played it a few times, and I have not yet managed to completely get the good ending. Uh, I messed it up, <laughs> uh, which is fine. I mean, it, it works in the story. You just get a different ending. So uh, I just try to uh, yeah to play it again. And to get to a different ending, make a few different choices. Um, yeah, um, use actually also use information that I already had from the previous game, like a, 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 to to save a bit of time. And it actually got me uh, uh, got me um, uh, an achievement. <laughs> it was also funny. Like you have to get a code for something, and then uh, on the second playthrough, I already knew the code. So I just went to the box, used the code, and I said, hey, you guessed the code correctly, and I got an achievement for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be fair, the code was so easy that I actually could have guessed it if I had tried that, but uh, I, I, thought it was, uh, I thought it was pretty funny. Um, it is all voice acted very well. Um, it is pixel art, very beautiful pixel art. Um, it may sound like it's... it's um, because it all takes place on this monorail, like you have... S- it, it, you don't have that many places to go, but that's not a very bad thing, actually. Uh, there's plenty to do, and you switch um, um, automatically to the next person once uh, the, the story is ready for that. So, um, for instance, a cat escapes, and um, Amal has to try and find a way to catch the cat, which uh, he doesn't, which fails in the first time. And then the story goes to Sylvie. Um, then Sylvie does something that uh, that has to do with the cat, and then the next time you go to Amal, Amal is able to catch the cat. That's also why I what I mean with um, that you can fix certain things. Yeah, like you're not interacting with each other, at least not that I'm aware of. But you do affect the storylines of each other. 
Yeah, it's an interesting concept that, you know, without two characters meeting with each other, they still have, they still, you know, uh, have an effect on each other's stories and lives. Like, also like what we saw in the trailer, that as Amal, you put the scarf in Lost and Found, and then Sylvie then, presumably she can find it in the Lost and Found if you put it there, and if you don't put it there, presumably it'll be different. Yeah, I've not tried that yet. Uh, yeah. I, I can You can try and keep the sh- the scarf. So I don't know what happens if she mm. doesn't find the scarf. To be honest, how how yeah, long? I'll have, to, I'll have to try that. How long is one playthrough approximately? Um, yeah, I played the game. Uh, oh, where did it go? I played the game for two and a half hours. So it's like yeah, yeah uh, okay. So it's, I think it's about an hour. That and tell me, tell me a little more about the visuals because as soon as I never heard of that game, as soon as the trailer started, I was instantly attracted to the way it looked, like the lighting, that like purple colors of the clouds. It looked so cool. Yeah, it is. It is very beautiful pixel art, um, and and everything is like it feels really familiar if you if you've played old school point and clicks, but mm-hmm. it, it it's very uh, straightforward. Plays very straightforward. Again, I played it on the. On a Steam Deck, but you can obviously obviously play it on on um, with the keyboard and mouse as well. So it is it is a point and click, uh, but it's very uh, very straightforward in, in the way it works. Like you, uh, I don't think there was a I don't, I, you have an inventory, but I don't think there was like inventory puzzles. It's just you know you use the like oh I need to catch a kitten I got a box let's use the box on the kitten mm. yes that works cool. You catch the kitten, the kitten goes in the box because obviously all cats goes in boxes, of, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and is it set like in the future, or is it a sci-fi setting, or or how? Well, do you it's describe it's it? a it's a uh, it's a monorail that travels between two islands. It is a bit sci-fi, but uh, monorails mm-hmm. are not uh, are not yeah, something they <laughs> that it, yeah they exist. Uh, except that in this case, uh, it's just to uh, fan- yeah well uh, imagined. Um, they're not real locations; they're just two locations they have for for this, uh, uh, yeah, for this story. Um, so yeah, it could be it could be here on Earth, but it, it's a bit. It also has a bit of a retro feel, not just because of the pixel art, but just because of the, yeah, the the the, the atmosphere in the in the game. So, and um, and can you save the game, or is this one of those games that has auto save only? Um, I think you can save, yeah. Oh, okay. My game of the year, then. <laughs> <laughs> Not that you really need it, but you, yeah, it's uh, an hour. Hopefully, with yeah, no, it's. Um, and did you play it on your Steam Deck or on PC? Or yes, how did you, uh, Steam no, I played Deck. it on on Steam Deck. Yeah, and it played perfectly fine. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. Do you have any other questions, Jared? Anything else you'd like to know about the game? Uh, not really, but I will say. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I'd never heard of it, and based on what you've said and that trailer. Um, it looks really, really awesome. Yeah, it's, I, as I said, I love the concept and it looks really cool as well. Uh, it's like one of these kind of like simple ideas that you think, oh, how come nobody else has thought of that? Um, yeah, I must the, say, I was I was really surprised by where the the story went. Well, let me let okay. me let me ask you this without giving anything away, and you can you can answer this or not answer this. Does it actually all take place on the train? Yes. Okay. I'm curious now. I want to play. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I recommend it. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So then there are good stories on a monorail then in this game. <laughs> um, so you'd, uh, so definitely, so another recommendation. So monorail stories. 
and it is oh whether uh, it's a good story or not that depends on your on the choices you make that is true well yeah well i think we'd we'd recommend it so it's available on steam nintendo switch epic game store and gog.com also think humble bundle says you're fanatical collector's edition and they have a discord and it's from stellex software i believe are based in italy i mean not that it matters but um just out of curiosity so yeah so monorail stories uh so thank you for that uh thomas uh so now going on to something i don't know if it's yeah probably something definitely something completely different story-wise at least to 10 dates um is direct and again i have a trailer well to show you guys and there is voice acting uh so just to give you guys a feel of what the game is like i know you're interested jared as well in particular in this game um then he spoke to the developers but um first here is a trailer of Direct. Car crash. All right. I'll tell you this story. Your mom had a brain aneurysm. Do you know what that means? Is is she going to die? We just found out that mom might die. Does that mean nothing to you? Everything that happened to us, it helped us. There was a reason. Why the hell do I feel so alone? Do I really have to be so angry? Do I really hate my mother? Memory is weird. You suddenly remember these moments without knowing why, until you realize it's trying to teach you something crucial. Can live like this, not really. But we can change. Everyone can change. I have to leave it all behind. So direct, which a lot going on there. Yeah. In in direct. So um Nice French accents. Yes, that's uh, actually, I can start with that because uh, when I first saw the trailer and I thought that they were uh, had French accents, I I was thinking throughout the whole game, how's it going to be? Are they going to be exaggerated French accents or how is it going to sound? Thankfully, in my opinion, they came across very well. It's set in France. Um, and so what they've done is they speak English, but with these French accents, accents I think they're real French people, so they're not... You know, like uh, non-French people pretending to do a French accent, which can sound horrible. A bit like, you know, non-Irish people trying to do Irish accents. They do sound genuine, and I think it worked really well. The, the voice acting in this game uh, was fanta- fantastic. In particular, the, the girl who plays the main character, Juno. Uh, I don't know her name, unfortunately, but it was particularly good. Uh, so as you heard and you guys saw on the trailer, you play as Juno and a lot happens. So we find out that um, her mother has a brain aneurysm. And uh, so you have a complicated relationship with your mother. We Again, we heard in the trailer, she's asking herself, do I really hate my mother? Which, not, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, it's not a you know, good thing. You know, if you're not in a good place, then if you have to ask yourself that, I imagine. But 
also, you know, you know, we find at the very beginning of the game that your mother or that you are down as the person on the form to decide whether your mother will live or whether you will pull the plug. And now you didn't sign that form. Your mother signed, forged your signature. And now, as I mentioned, you have a very complicated relationship with your mother. You're wondering why, because your sister, Diane, who has a better relationship with your mother, and you are thinking, why did my mother choose me to make such a decision? Um, so that's one of the kind of mysteries in the game. Uh, so, and then you talk to other characters, so like your sister, uh, your ex-husband, you're in the middle of a separation uh, with him as well, and then other things as well uh, that I don't want to spoil. Now, again, I do have to say, this game does, the main kind of focus is kind of on grief, which is not a not an easy topic to do for, for a game, for a story. There are other, you know, t- topics as well. I mean, there are, you know, uh, again, I don't want to give any spoilers, but very sensitive topics. Um, thankfully, they do. I think what the, the developers have done a fantastic job of dealing with these topics very sensitively and also, um, funny enough, with humor. So the main character, Juno, reacts with humor. And I thought that was kind of realistic because we kind of, you know, deal with things as well using humor. It's human nature um, at times. And it certainly doesn't make fun of the topics, but it's just mainly the characters, you know, uh, how she and the other characters, sometimes they kind of like laugh about certain things as well. And sometimes it's not a comedy, but, you know, I thought humor was used well to deal with these topics. Um, also the character, and particularly what I liked was the main character, Juno, that uh, a lot of times, you know, when writers, they use, you know, quote unquote, strong female characters who are sassy and all of that. And in this game, she's, uh, she tries to be strong, but every so often then you can see that she's vulnerable, you know, with everything that she's going through. And she kind of like lets herself go then as well. And she, you know, reaches out for, you know, for help. Um, and, uh, and I, I thought also the writers weren't afraid to make the character, you know, at times, unlikable or give unlikable you know responses you know that sometimes she can be quite rude to uh their characters to either to her sister or ex-husband or other people she meets you know the doctor as well but she's never an unlikable overall character i at least i always felt for her i always was rooting for her and i thought that both with the writing and the voice acting particularly that character was done really really well um, now, in terms of uh, gameplay, it's quite interesting. So, the different kinds of gameplay it has. Uh, it's, at its heart, it's more or less a visual novel. Now, I know when people think of a visual novel, they probably think of, you know, just choices and a lot of dialogue that goes on forever. This doesn't usually, it, it's also a bit different. So, uh, the characters, you know, narrates the game. It's set in the present and then in the past. So, she narrates herself and she. Uh, you can choose kind of some words that are highlighted uh, and then you can go further into, you know, what she thinks about those uh, topics. Uh, when she's talking, words appear on the screen and you click on those words uh, in the present. Now, every so often a word will appear and then very quickly disappear and Juno will get annoyed, will get frustrated. She'll go to the car and then the car, she'll be in the car accident then again. While the, ca- the car then will be in slow motion. You then can click on any of the objects in the car that are flying around. And this will trigger a memory. So the memory then is kind of like static images and the camera is moving. You can go forward or backwards 
uh, using uh, the camera and then you have these words as well and you find out more about the memory and then afterwards what's supposed to happen then is it'll basically make her feel better as you go back to the present right before that moment and that word that appeared will appear again and you can click on it and move on from the conversation. It's a little bit hard to kind of explain uh, and it took me kind of a while to really understand uh, how it was used in the game but it took, overall it did um, work well. Um, now, I, I thought the story was engaging as well. It kept me engaged visually. Uh, it's interesting as well because it's, uh, I don't know if you noticed, Thomas, it's, uh, if, if, if it reminded you of a certain game we played a few years ago, it was made using this, I think, the same engine as Heaven's Vault. Oh. So the slideshow, it's a slideshow-esque animations when they're moving and then the hmm. car goes in real time and then it's slow motion. Uh, I know that it mightn't be for everybody. I thought it worked well. I thought the backgrounds looked really nice. The graphics uh, looked really nice overall. Um, it definitely worked for me as well. And then the the sound design, as I mentioned, the the acting was very good. And the music, I thought, was, uh, you know, was well used as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there aren't any real puzzles or exploration so I know that's not for everybody, and I know that uh, certainly the topic will be for everybody. I have read online some people saying that look, this is too close to what they're going through in their life. Or you know, again, this is a game where you have a car crash multiple times. So again, yeah, that can be triggering for people, of course. If yeah, experience that, but that also means that they managed to nail the yeah the the essence of what it is that people are going through. Exactly. And as, as I said, I think the topics that it deals with, because, you know, there, there are other examples in games and beyond that they mightn't deal with them as sensitively. But in my opinion, they they do deal with them very sensitively, and but it still might not be for everyone. Uh, but then again, it doesn't wallow in its own misery, like some other games or writers might be tempted to do. As I said, you do use humor very well in specific occasions in this game. And another thing I liked is, the main character is a screenwriter, writer. Uh, and so when the game starts in the main menu, uh, it starts as a, as a script. And then you can choose, you know, resume script and you go back, uh, to the game then or, you know, continue script or new script. So it's kind of like playing out the script that she herself is writing or somebody is writing. Um, so yeah, it might not be for everybody. I guess if you want some exploration or puzzles or, with the topic again, it deals mainly with grief and how to deal with grief, and you know maybe some toxic relationships thrown in as well. Um, but I do think it does, deals with it very well, and everything. I didn't really have many complaints about it. I thought it was done uh, overall very well. It took me about four or five hours. Uh, again, unfortunately, there is no manual saves, but it kind of saves kind of what might be fifteen minutes or so. I found it's never too long, but of course I would prefer manual saves. But again, wasn't a huge issue. I'll be honest in this case. Uh, so, yeah. I don't know if you guys have any questions. I know, Jared, that you met the developers, uh, you said. Yeah. yeah, so I played it. Uh, I played it at PAX 2022. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, I've I've actually said before, like, I appreciate a well-told story regardless. I appreciate good writing, no matter what it's about. But I find mm. the top-tier storytelling in video games especially indie games is always 
tinged with sadness. It's always about something depressing and sad. And do I want to exist in that in that headspace all the time? But I did find, you know, kind of what you mentioned, like with the humor, there's some humor in this game. Like I played the demo, mm. like with headphones on, like so I heard everything that was going on in, in the demo. And it felt like even though it's like about something that's pretty depressing, it did seem like it was a world I wouldn't be depressed to exist in. And I also think that maybe you could just speak a little more about this since you've actually played the game. I think especially if you're just listening to this and you haven't seen what this game looks like, like please look up some gameplay because visually it is very, very gorgeous. It's a beautiful game, Mm. like the way they did the visuals. So did that enhance your enjoyment regardless of the fact that it was actually a good story? Yeah, I would say so. And as I said, the best way for me to describe it is if you've played Heaven's Fault, which we have covered well, a few years ago, that Thomas and I really, really enjoyed. Um, I mean, again, very different games, <laughs> topic-wise and everything. But yeah, I I thought visually it was really interesting. I mean, with um, very cinematic as well, because when you're in the memories in the past with the camera going back, and it's not really linear and then you, or you can choose as well if you go backwards or forwards how you want the story to be t- i think so anyway i mean i i always went forward in the story but presumably if you rewind you can tell and then as you know more in the memory what happened and there are some twists there as well that you, you go wow and definitely visually so for example in the car if you click on a lighter and then uh, the topic in the memory is kind of fire so you can see a candle or then when they're cooking or you're uh, you know it's uh or maybe a fire in the rubbish outside or something and then it goes off from that there's one very interesting sequence dealing with lobsters which <laughs> um i don't know if you play that jared but it's uh sure. it's it's and i learned a lot about lobsters <laughs> that's oh. and now again it is it, you know it is to do with the story as well that you do find out later on uh but then the, the camera angles and also visually, it's, you know, with the sound, with the voice acting, with the writing, and visually, all en- enhance the story. So definitely, I would, I would agree. And um, yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. Um, I want to play it. Like regardless, you know, it's kind. Of, I, I will admit, it's on my radar because I want to try to get the developer on my show. But even outside of that, it does look mm-hmm. like a game that I would enjoy playing, even if I didn't have an interview. Even if I didn't get an interview out of it, it looks it looks like an, an attractive thing for me personally to experience. Yeah, well, I would I would personally I would recommend it. I enjoyed it, but as I said, it depends on the person, as you know, with topics and everything, or what people want in in the game. If you do want puzzles and exploration and that, then maybe this game won't be for you. But I think. And as he said, it is, um, I mean, it is sad in places. There were times when I was like, oh God, this is, yeah. but, uh, it's, uh, it's very, it's a story that's very, very well yeah, told. I, I don't think, I, I feel that that is not a, oh, bad it's not a thing it's at not all. A bad right? thing. No, no, yeah. no. I, but again, what well, I'm saying it because maybe that there's some people who mightn't be ready to experience a story like yeah. this, which I can also understand. But no, it's not a bad thing at all. As I said, I think if games want to be considered art, I think, we do need stories like this, like in movies, like in comic, graphic novels, and books. I think it's important for games to have all kinds of stories and all kinds of games. Um, but this is a very well-made game, very well-told story. Uh, they also made a game called Inua, which I am playing as well. Um, I think very different topics. 
Um, but uh, but yeah, it's from Le, Le Pixel Hunt, and it is again, it's available on just my consoles on Switch on PC on itch.io. I saw as well, uh, which is nice on Steam, uh, and and GOG. And yeah, just about anywhere. <laughs> um, I played good. my Steam Deck. I had no issues on my Steam Deck uh, playing it. How long and did you take it to, to finish it? It took about four hours, four-ish hours. Okay. So um, I, don't know. I was playing it on my lunch break at work, which then I go back into work like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bawling your eyes out. So, what happened? But, oh, yeah. somebody died. Oh, I'm sorry. No, in so, the game. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. But yeah, no, it's a direct, which also, you know, it could, depending on interpretation, because it could be how the, you know, the character, describing the character, what she's going through, the car wreck or whatever as well. There's, you know, multiple interpretations, but... Uh, I think it's amazing if a game can make you cry. It's, yeah. it's really... And, and not because it's like, it's oh, this is so bad, it makes me want to cry. No, because <laughs> this, that can also happen, of course. But, uh, you know, the, the story is so good. I mean, I cried with Last of Us, for instance. and uh, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And The Walking Dead and... Yeah, oh, uh, so, um So that is The Wreck. Uh, and it would include links in the show notes. And then the final game, uh, which Jared is going to review. And again, we'll show the final trailer. Uh, it is of season, a letter to the future. Uh, so here is a trailer for this game. are you? I don't know, but I'm writing to you anyway. The world is about to enter a new era. A great change is coming. This time on Earth could live on in these pages. What it looks like. Sounds like. How it feels to be alive right now. What is this season that is about to end? And why is it ending? Wow, this is also giving me Heaven's Fault vibes. <laughs> yeah, to, to me it looks, I don't know, have you played Lake, uh, Jared? I don't know if you played that game. No, I'm familiar with it. I've, I know what it Where looks like. Yeah, so this, I know I haven't played this game, but to me this looks like Lake on a Bike. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, maybe it's very different. And it also seems to be a pre-apocalyptic game. Uh, well, I don't, well, you can tell us about this game, Season A Letter to the Future. So, uh, so yeah, what, what is this game about? What did you think, Jared? Um, okay, so I think, you know, it, it's a very, very weird game, and it's not <laughs> for everyone. You know, I think that so many games these days are intentionally go down one path, like our kind of niche, um, and they're, you know, by nature, they're not for everyone, nor should they be for everyone. But this game is very, very odd, and I think it's intentionally odd, and... um it's kind of difficult to describe, you know, it's very, 
you kind of mentioned apocalyptic. It's not that because like the world we exist in, the real world, we know what like the apocalypse is and what it would mean to us. But season takes place not in our world. It's the apocalypse. So basically season, it takes place in this in this world where every at a certain uh, increment of time, the entire world gets reset, basically. And so you are existing at the end, and it's they're referred to as seasons. So you are existing at the end of a season about to transition into another one. So you are you live in a village, um, and in the beginning you get to choose things. It opens when you're in your bedroom. Uh, and your mother is in the kitchen and she's like cooking or something and you move around and you get to choose things to take with you on your journey and then she talks to you you talk to your mom and she asks you to walk around the room basically and choose uh, things to take with you it's hard to explain this game is very difficult to explain Um, so you, you there are some choice there I don't actually know how much what you choose to take with you affects the game I really don't but once you so you're in this town and you're basically tasked with taking a bicycle journey through the world around you and documenting the world before it all gets washed away and reset so you do this through taking pictures with like basically like a polaroid camera which you can take out at any time and take a picture of whatever you want and you are going to want to take pictures every two seconds while playing this game. This game is absolutely gorgeous. It is mm. stunning to behold. Both It looks like that, yeah. Both when it's still and when it's in motion. I never got tired of just looking around in this game. So in the beginning, yeah, so like I mentioned, the camera, you're also given a recording device, uh, which you can record sound with. Um, and then you're also given a journal, which you can populate with your pictures but also you can find like little things like you can find letters or stamps or just little objects that you might be able to stick into a journal. And so as you move through it, you collect things and the whole thing is done at your own pace. You don't have to collect anything really. Uh, for me, for instance, I, I recorded audio maybe twice in the entire like five hours I played in my playthrough. Like I just had no desire to record audio uh, and the game doesn't punish you for that. It doesn't. It doesn't coerce you to record audio or whatever. I took. I must have taken 120 pictures with the Polaroid camera in the game. But I also took, you know, at least 100 screenshots throughout the game. So you're you're basically a lot of the beginning is like you'll get to a moment. So basically, the first like two hours maybe I would say are linear. Uh, you're you you kind of in your town and you can move around and talk to people and get a sense of the world. You meet this one character who kind of tells you stories and like the background of like what a season is and why it's coming to an end and all this stuff. Uh, and then you're set out into the world. You get to choose a bicycle. There are three, three different colored bicycles. You just pick one. I chose the pink one. And uh, then you, you exit through this door and it becomes linear and you have your bike and riding the bike is extremely satisfying and just visually like you see the opening shot in that trailer how you come out of that tunnel and it's just this gorgeous vista in front of you and what i will say in the whole 
uh, opening couple hours where the game is linear, I was utterly stunned by this game's ability to make you feel like you are in a real open world that exists where you can go wherever you want and yet the game wordlessly pulls you in the direction that it needs you to go because it's a game where there are boundaries obviously but even though like I felt like I could go anywhere I went where the game needed me to go in order to get to the next part of the game so like there's this one part in the beginning where there's these giant cranes along the coastline and it just looked so open and expansive. And yet where I inherently wanted to move to is where the game needs you to move to in order for the game to go forward. So I would say in terms of level design, it was it was amazing. It was so well done. Because like in real life, I could go anywhere I want, you know, especially because I have a car. I could go mm. to Canada if I wanted to. But like I don't because that's not what I'm what I want to do or that because I got to work tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Like, so this game just makes you feel like you could do whatever you want, but it, it wordlessly pushes you to where it wants you to go in order to tell you this story and have you feel like, like you exist in this world. So anyway, eventually it becomes open world. Eventually you get to this place where it's like a, a, a valley Uh, And the characters explain to you that this valley tonight, like at sundown, I think, or maybe midnight, is going to be completely flooded and completely washed away. So you have until sundown to explore it on your bicycle at your own pace and take pictures, do whatever you want to do, like just explore it and meet the people. And at this point uh, is when I realized that that there are objectives, but they're never forced upon you. You kind of just naturally do them. It's it's weird. I, it's hard to explain how good this game is at getting you to do what it wants you to do without telling you to do it. But, yeah, that sounds Very, fantastic because I know that's an issue with games that it's like breaks emergence. Like it tells yeah. you either with invisible walls or characters say, oh, maybe I should go down here. But so that this game managed to hit a sweet spot in ha- keeping you immersed but keeping you focused. Right. And it, and it gives you a map, but it's like an actual map in your journal that you have to pull up. Like there's no mini map. You have to pick up the map and like look at it based on actual landmarks as to like where you want to go next. And without giving too much away, you're basically in order to, in order for the sun to go down, you have to do a set number of things. Uh, And it wasn't until I did many of those things just because I wanted to and out of curiosity that I then realized, oh, this game, like the sun's not going to go down until I do these things. So Mm. but I did so many of them without realizing that. So I think that that's a really well done thing in this game. And and you basically you meet with people who live there and it's like, how are they preparing for the fact that where they live where their whole life is is about to get washed away and it's super meditative it made me think about because even this even though this isn't real like in our world that like everything just gets reset uh just for whatever reason it made me think about like what would i do in that case Mm. like if i knew everything that i that was my world was going to be washed away like what would i do it just it made me think about things i never thought about before and there's there's like one interaction in particular that I absolutely loved. It's like this woman and her son 
that you have a very, very long conversation with. And uh, I just, the game was, it was my most anticipated game until it came out. Um, And, you know, I'm singing a lot of praise about the game, but I will say that, like I said, it's not for everyone. Mm. And it also, it, it didn't do anything that surprised me. Like, I loved it. I really, really enjoyed the five hours that I spent in it, but there was nothing in it that I didn't, that I didn't like kind of expect, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah. What I will say about it's, it's, I've said this about other games, but like if you know that there's no combat in this game and you just look at it and it looks good to you, then you should definitely buy it. Like it's beautiful. It's amazing. It is, it is so uh, satisfying to exist in the world of season. Um, just as long as you know that like you're not going to be doing any combat, there aren't going to be like, uh, there's no mini map with uh, you know objective markers on it. You know you're just going to explore this, and it's such a weird, weird world. It's like subtle science fiction. There's just like, it's just weird. But if you're down with its weirdness, then you're going to be down with the experience of playing the game. So I, if you look at it visually, if you look at just like one gameplay video, and it looks good to you, then I would recommend it. If you look at it and it doesn't look good to you, it's not going to change your mind once you start playing it. Is what I, I guess. My final takeaway would be that. Yeah, I, I like the term subtle science fiction. Yeah. So we've had hard sci-fi, deliver us Mars, and a subtle sci-fi yes. <laughs> uh, yep. season. Uh, no, I, I mean, I, I'm also interested in, in playing it as well um, since I first heard about it. I think, Thomas, you mentioned that this would be a game that I think that was revealed in a, a game video. For, I don't know, one of the state of play videos, either from PlayStation, I think, or something. Probably um, PlayStation because I think that's that's the or P- I saw or that something. in the I saw that in the trailer that it was available for PlayStation four and five. So yeah, um, and yeah, I was interested immediately. As I said, I loved Lake, and this again, you mentioned it was meditative as well, at no combat, and this is exactly the kind of game that I'm in, into. Um, and uh, and yeah, no, again, I'm very happy that you tried. Took you five hours to to play as well. Yeah, right around five hours. And I will say that there, I don't have any immediate plans to replay it simply mm. because I'm just a busy person. But it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it definitely invites a second playthrough, especially like now that I know how it all works, I would love to go back into it with a little more intentionality. And, um, yeah, it's almost like the the game is like it's a complete and total mystery. So it would be fun to go back and play it now, like knowing a little more about how it works and kind of play it with a little more intentionality. I don't I don't really know how to explain it. You And you can do it in like whatever order you want. Like there are a certain number of things that you have to do once you get into that open world valley mm. location. And I, I would be curious to do them just in a different order and just, you know, see if that changes things. I don't know. Yeah, and was the story satisfying overall? I know you mentioned that particular with the, the I think the lady and her son. Uh, overall, did the story work for you? Um, so it's, I will say it's it's less about for me personally. It, it was less about the story and more about the vibe. Uh, okay, and the individual interactions. Like, there's one character that I I didn't care what he was talking about i just loved to hear him talk he was such a weirdo 
but he was so nice and he just he offered both the character and the player very useful information and uh it was just so weird but like but like um like wonderfully weird i don't know how to explain it and uh the story there is like a pretty cool ending like in terms of the narrative there's a pretty cool ending that i honestly didn't fully understand but i think i would fully understand it if i just played through it again like knowing now what do you you know yeah yeah um if you'd know yeah Uh, makes me really want to play this game (laughs) yeah no i really want to play it myself yeah uh no that's that's fantastic uh thank you for that. You any questions thomas no no i no, no i think you've explained it very well yeah no it's another game to add well it's already on my list right. might go up my list <laughs> and so i, I will um, say i will say too i am super humbled and fortunate that i actually the episode hasn't come out yet but i did interview the programmer for the game oh wow um, so I really enjoyed talking to him. Uh, Sebastian Berton was his name. Um, and yeah, it was just, I mean, he, it's just, a, I don't know how to explain it. It's just like a weird, weird game. And like talking to the person, you know, it wasn't his idea. He was kind of recruited when it, the game was already mm. an idea, like kind of being developed uh, and talking to him gave me some really interesting insights. And in terms of, I'm so amazed, like it, it they had no publisher, but they did sign like an exclusivity deal with PlayStation. So the game is only it's on PlayStation and steam, I believe. So I guess they got some kind of publishing deal. Like PlayStation's not their publisher, but they, they signed some kind of like, uh, yeah, some kind of deal with them. Uh, but I was so impressed. I'm so impressed with that game's reach. Like, I feel like it kind of came out of nowhere and it like blew up on Twitter and, uh, they're, they're just like really good at, um, at the whole social media, like online outreach type thing. I'm just really impressed that you can make such an amazing game and also be super good at, uh, social media advertising. Like it's just super impressive to me, everything about that game. Yeah. And it's also available on Epic games. I see here on their website. Uh, but yeah, no, no, that's great. Delighted that you enjoyed from scavenger studio. And I look forward to listening to that episode that interview yeah. um, on your podcast. Um, so that is season, a letter to the future. Uh, well, thank you for that. Um, and I think that's, well, I think that's uh, all the games that we've reviewed this month. So uh, thank you, Bruno, and thank you, Jared, for joining us for the first time. Sure. Uh, hopefully you'll join us again yeah. with the uh, latest, you know, narrative or puzzle games that you've been playing. Um, it's been a pleasure talking to you and thank you again for, um, agreeing to help to edit the podcast. I hope uh, we have we won't scare you off. No. <laughs> thank, thank you for having me on the show, and thank you for letting me edit it. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, we really appreciate it. Um, are you are you playing? Uh, so you've mentioned you've given us a few teasers with what to expect on your podcast. Are you uh, are you about to play any games in particular? Or well, actually, this connects to yes, indie game international, but also just generally like literally what I'm playing right now. I am playing right now Figment. Have you guys heard of Figment? Yes. So, no. well, Figment's from a uh, Bedtime Digital. It's like a kind of like a top-down narrative, narrative heavy, but there is combat and like puzzle solving. Uh but the sequel just came out in March. It's called Figment 2 Creed Valley, and so I I've, I've been reaching out to those developers ever since I started Indie Game International trying to get a an interview and so finally now that figment 2 has been released 
I was able to schedule an interview. So because I played Figment so long ago, I am replaying Figment now. And then once I roll credits on Figment, I will start Figment 2, as I mentioned, in preparation for the interview with, I can't remember who, but somebody on the on the team over at bedtime digital and figment is an awesome game i really really like figment so i'm really looking forward to playing figment too and talking to the people who made it oh well again she'll uh, include links to your podcast for sure. people if they can check it out um and thomas are you do you know what you're going to be playing next are you still playing monorail stories or uh i'm currently playing moons of madness so i'm staying in the uh, hard oh. sci-fi nice added uh, lovecraftian uh <laughs> Horrors. Uh, uh, so I'm going. I'm going back to Mars, <laughs> and uh, I'm going to lose my mind probably. So um, yeah, it's uh, that's that's the game I'm playing right now, and uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. I've finished the first part of the game. I just started the second part, so I hope to uh, yeah to finish it uh, in like a week or so. But I got uh, I got some other stuff coming up as well. I got plenty of. Uh, games installed on my uh, Steam Deck. Mm. Uh, I recently added uh, Guardians of the Galaxy to my PlayStation 5 collection, so I want to play that one as well. And I still have uh, Dead Space 1, (laughs) the remastered version that I'm actually too scared to get back to (laughs) because that game is terrifying. And uh, yeah, there's uh, there's plenty to choose from and uh, lots of uh, cool uh, shows uh, as well on Netflix and uh, other streamers that I that I'm watching. So yeah, it's plenty plenty of things to do. Wait, yeah, tell, tell me, be bored. Sorry, yeah. t- tell me real quick about Moons of Madness because I've I've had my eye on this game. Is it is it more like walking sim puzzles, narrative horror? Like, what is the focus? It is like Deliver Us the Moon. Okay, but it's all first and person, it's, right? It's 100%. It's definitely horror. Okay. Yeah. Mm, I'm interested now. Although it, does, awesome. it does, well, it, it doesn't start. No, like, actually, it does start like that. So I, I'd say <laughs> uh, check check out the trailer mm-hmm. or check out the, 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 the Steam store. And if, if it's something that would attract you, I think it, because you liked Deliver Us the Moon and Deliver Us Mars, I think you would like this as well. Okay. But it is, it is definitely... Uh, the a, a, a horror um entrance because it's lovecraftian so right yeah looks awesome you're Ooh, from well. new england so you should not be that unfamiliar with lovecraft <laughs> yes this is true this is true oh well thank you uh for that thomas uh now i am currently playing uh well two games one on my phone is the uncharted road of marco polo which is a point-and-click adventure it's a kind of a pleasant game that's uh you know a mystery game um that uh you have to uh just explore to go around croatia to find out uh your father who who sends you on a quest kind of a like uh broken sword ish with you know not exactly like broken sword but i'm enjoying it so far i have a full review of that hopefully next month uh i've also started playing on my steam deck um the silent sky part one uh, so, uh, again, if I finish that, I will review that next month, if not the month after. And uh, Kieran will be with us next month. Uh, he'll be back. Uh, he'll be reviewing Grund with two ends, Lost in Play, and A Space for the Unbound. Uh, so he'll be talking about oh. those games as well. Grunt is Grunt. Uh, when, um, it's re- it's released. Yeah, yeah. It's, I need to play it. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I backed that one too. Yeah, if, if yeah, if, that will probably then it's, be the game I'll play after. Moons it's of a Lynchian experience. So I don't know what he thinks about it. Um, I hope he enjoys it. <laughs> I really <laughs> like the demo. See. So um, yeah. yeah, me too. So we shall see. 
And uh, and then uh, interview wise, well, as I mentioned, the interview with the developer of the uh, black uh, oh, what's what's the name? Dreams in the Witch House developer. Speaking of Lovecraft, that will be out by the time this episode goes out. And then next month, I will be releasing my interview with Evil Pug Games developers of Enoch: Children of Fate, a detective uh, sci-fi game, which looks. I love the demo. I'd encourage people to check it out. The pixel art, detective, sci-fi game. Uh, very ambitious story-wise as well. And um, he spoke to me as well. And uh, yeah, looking forward to releasing that. Looking forward to finding out more about that game. Um, so uh, that is it for this month. Uh, thank you, Thomas. And thank you, Jared, as well. And uh, we will be back with plenty, plenty more. Um, so, uh, so... I will, we will, well, we will chat then in, in a couple of weeks. So yep. take care, everyone. Thank okay, you. and keep on questing. So if you like the Adventure Games podcast, then please subscribe, rate, and review. Wherever you listen to podcasts, please leave a review on iTunes if you can, as every review helps, and reviews will help get the word out, especially for adventure game developers who appear on the podcast. Now, you can also follow me on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at AdventGamePod. You can follow me on Facebook at Adventure Games Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Adventure Games Podcast as well. And we're also on Discord at Adventure Games Podcast. So if you are a Adventure Game developer or a Adventure Game player, you can follow us there. So again, please feel free to retweet and share podcast episodes and the podcast to people who you believe may enjoy it and you can also find more information about the podcast on www.adventuregamespodcast.com so until next time thank you